Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? You lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to The Tom Sumner Show. The Tom Sumner Program.com. Passing through the night 
nothing on another train. <laughs> Seems to play a sad refrain into the night. Rainy night in Georgia. Such a rainy night in Georgia. Huh. I feel like it's raining all over the world. I feel like it's raining all over the world. How many times I wondered You still come out the same No matter how you look at it Or think of it It's like you gotta do Do your own thing So I could play my guitar Pass some time Late at night When it's hard to rest I hold your picture to my chest And I feel fine It's raining all over the world Rainy night in Georgia I feel like it's raining all over the
Hey, welcome back, uh, everybody. This is uh, the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour is uh, maybe known to some of you as Chief Heart Hacker. She has a new book called Breakup Boot Camp, The Science of Rewiring Your Heart. Her name is Amy Chan, and she joins me by phone. Hi, Amy. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Tom. Um, Breakup Boot Camp. Um, that's, that seems like a lot of work to get back from a breakup. Yes. I mean, uh, after a breakup, you might feel like the rug has been ripped out from underneath you and you might feel like you're going crazy. But the great news is there are tools that can help you move through the pain so that you don't have to prolong your suffering. Now, the the name of the book, Breakup Boot Camp, is um, based on uh, the organization or or program that you founded uh, that's called Renew Breakup, or no, Renew Breakup Boot, Boot Camp, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And and what is that exactly? I know it involves a lot of experts and, and uh, all of that, but is it a workshop? Is it, um, you know, a spa somewhere? What, what exactly is the Renew yeah. Breakup Boot Camp? So we have both physical and virtual retreats. The physical retreats are away in nature uh, where we bring in 13 different experts ranging from psychologists to behavioral scientists to sex educators uh, to uh, breathwork teachers. And we help people process the pain of their breakup or divorce, um, but also, most importantly, understand what are the subconscious beliefs and patterns that are causing the same emotional experiences to repeat over and over again. Because let's be honest, it's never just about the X, it's recycled pain. And there's compound trauma if you do not heal those existing wounds. And so often a breakup is just ripping off a Band-Aid, and now you're left with dealing with all of the different heartbreaks that you never dealt with from the past. And it's important that we start to address that so we don't keep repeating the same uh, experience over and over again. Well, and th- and that's, that's a key point, um, Amy, that I want to unpeel a little bit is this this idea that people tend to repeat their mistakes when it comes to relationships because they are attracted to a certain type or they think they're attracted to a certain type, right? Yeah, so there's something I call your chemistry compass. And this is our internal <laughs> GPS system that points us into the direction of who we're drawn to and who we're repulsed by. Now, growing up, if you didn't have a healthy model of what love looks like and feels like, you were going to develop a chemistry compass that's broken. Because what happens is as an adult, your, your psyche subconsciously tries to recreate the scenario of the crime in an attempt to change its ending. Human beings are drawn to what is familiar. So if chaos was familiar, if you had an unavailable parent and that was familiar, you're going to grow up and you are going to chase people who provide a very similar experience because that's what's familiar. Those are the people that your chemistry compass is going to point you into the direction of feeling chemistry with. And when someone healthy and stable comes along, you're going to be like, mm, boring, I don't like this person because your chemistry compass is not working. I, I, it seems like I've heard this attributed to Einstein, this notion that 
the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Exactly. And that's why it's so important for us to peel back the layers of why is this result repeating? It's really easy to blame the ex or blame the people or blame the city that you're, you're in and that dating sucks there. But, you know, it's the same thing as repeating. The common denominator is your patterns. And if you don't start shifting that, you're just going to keep repeating it, which is the definition of crazy. And you've said um, that it's important to fix yourself first and then fix the heart. What do you mean by that? I don't think that we are broken. And I think this is important to understand, especially if you're going through a heartbreak, because you can feel like you're broken. Or if you're not getting the results you want in love, you might think you're broken and you need to fix yourself. So I don't call it fixing yourself. I find it really looking at the wounds that are there um, that haven't been addressed and haven't been healed. Because, you know, who we're drawn to and who we draw in, they are going to match your emotional health level. So if there's all of this stuff you haven't dealt with, say from childhood or, you know, your first breakup or heartbreak, it's going to follow you around like baggage. There's compound trauma. It's important that we address those things um, because if you don't, um, it's not going to change the outcome. What about people who don't seem to be able to tear themselves away from toxic relationships? Yeah. So, you know, I see a lot of people get, who get stuck in relationships that are toxic. And uh, one of the reasons this is, is due to something called sunk cost fallacy. Sunk cost fallacy is a tendency for people to invest more into something because we've already invested time, money, or pain into it. Um, so we'll invest, you know, even the stock market. We'll invest in a dead stock because yeah, in, we've already invested into it. In business, yeah. they call that good money after bad. Exactly. And, you know, or, you know, you might buy a ticket to a movie. First 20 minutes, you hate the movie, but you watch it anyway because you've already invested money into it. Same thing happens in relationships. We invest more in a dead-end relationship because we hope that we're finally going to get the return on investment. But instead, what you need to do is you need to stop and say, okay, whatever I've invested, I'm not going to get that back. And ask yourself, if you were to make the same decision right now, would you choose this person again? And that's a really great starting point to identify, is this relationship right for you? And I would say the second exercise you can do if you're wondering, should I stay or should I go, is write two letters. Write a letter five years from now and looking back as if you stayed in the relationship. How does your life look like? And, and you know, um, go through it. And then write a second letter five years from now today, writing back, looking at if you left the relationship, what might have happened in your life? Maybe you found another relationship. Maybe you feel happy. Maybe, you know, you started a breakup boot camp, whatever it is. And I think that can help you provide some perspective because here, no one can hand you your aha moment. No book, no expert can tell you what to do if you should leave. It's a very personal decision. But asking yourself some of these questions so you can reflect can help you tap into that inner guidance and intuition that will help guide you into the right direction. More with Chief Heart Hacker Amy Chan. Straight ahead. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. I'm United States Surgeon General Jerome Adams, America's doctor. And all across our nation, we've taken steps together to slow the spread of coronavirus. Now we must continue to take personal responsibility to protect ourselves and our loved ones. Because even though not all of us risk a severe case of coronavirus, we all risk getting it and spreading it to others, maybe without even realizing that we're sick. So if we want to get back to school, back to work, back to worship, and back to overall health. There are things our country needs to do. We need to follow state and local guidelines, take extra precautions if at higher risk, wash our hands frequently, stay six feet from others when we can, and when we can't stay six feet from others, please, I'm begging you, wear a face covering. These small actions will make a big difference. So I'm asking you to say it with me, America. Coronavirus stops with me. You can learn more at coronavirus.gov. Produced by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services at taxpayer expense. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling authors, photographers and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. Thank you and thank you all for tuning in. You know, we know that tough times don't last, but tough people do. We've been through a lot here in Michigan. We've been through crisis before where the country needed their countrymen and countrywomen to pitch in collectively to get through a crisis and rise to the occasion. Michigan once was the arsenal of democracy to win World War II. We need that same spirit now. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals and first responders to stop the spread and to save lives but we need your help too. The state has launched a new volunteer website at www.michigan.gov forward slash fight COVID-19, where trained medical professionals can register to serve their fellow Michiganders by assisting hospitals in fighting COVID-19. State residents can also use the site to find out how they can help in their local communities by giving blood or donating resources or needed medical supplies. Whether you're a medical professional looking to volunteer or you're someone who can give blood or donate to your local food bank, everyone can help out. To get through this, we must all do our part. Stay home, stay safe, and save lives. The Tom Sumner Program.com 
Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to Tom Sumner Program. More with Chief Heart Hacker Amy Chan, straight ahead. Has the the situation that we all find ourselves in uh, because of the pandemic, you know, various uh, shelter-at-home recommendations and, in some cases, orders, um, has, has that had uh, an influence on people and in, in their ability to make the kinds of decisions that, that maybe they need to make? Yeah, so, the, you know, right now, uh, divorce rates have skyrocketed, breakup rates have skyrocketed. The <laughs> People found out they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't mind spending a long time with someone, just not a lot of time with that someone. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And so, you know, I have seen some trends. Um, you know, the pandemic has accelerated relationships in the sense I've seen people who've been perpetually single get together with their best friends. I've seen people who are normally a little bit commitment phobic date someone, quarantine together, realize that, you know, there's a compatibility and they've now moved in or gotten engaged. But I've also seen relationships where there was cracks in the foundation, which were, you know, swept under the rug and you could distract yourself through work or travel. And now you have to deal with them because they're right in your face. And those, you know, relationships have completely fallen apart. Um, And so I think that this pandemic has really put a magnifying glass on, on issues and whether, you know, those are issues in your relationship or maybe you've been single and you're confronted with all these emotions, now you're left with, you can't distract your way out of it. Um, you don't have those common vices. And so this is actually as uncomfortable as it is, an opportune time for you to reflect and create some of these changes to set up your life to have different outcomes. And we've been talking primarily about romantic relationships, but should we be looking at or talking about other kinds of relationships too? Do the same things apply? Yeah. So I think that when you're going through a breakup and this could be a breakup with a business partner or friend or romantic relationship, you're still grieving. You're grieving a sense of loss. You are ending a chapter to start another one. And so there's different stages of grief and the main stages of grief are, um, you know, shock, then denial, then sadness slash depression, then anger, and then another sense of denial and maybe relapse where you, you question your decision and maybe try to repair it. And then maybe enough times of doing that, you realize the outcome isn't going to change and then you get to acceptance. But healing isn't linear. And so, you know, whatever type of relationship you're mourning, whether it's professional or romantic or platonic, understand that you might bounce around the different stages, but ultimately you need to go through them. Um, so Is that yes, what you mean, Amy? Many different... Is that what you mean when you say um, that it's not linear, that this notion of, of bouncing around? What do you mean when you say it's not linear, that healing is not linear? I mean that. Yeah, so you might feel, you know, um, sadness today and then go back into denial. And then you might feel like, oh, I'm feeling on top of the world. I'm over them. And then you see something on social media that triggers you and you're back to depression and you're, you know, in fetal position crying. This is all normal. You know, if you think that it's linear and you're going to go to A to B to C and it's just, you know, straight cut line, you're going to be disappointed because that's just not realistic. So it is okay to bounce back between these different stages. 
And, you know, we're talking about breakup and the aftermath of breakup. But is this book, although it's called Breakup Boot Camp, is this a book that picks up after a breakup has occurred? Or is this a good book to read to see if there ought to be a breakup? So this is a book for anyone, whether you're single, couple, dating, or divorced, if you are not satisfied with your relationship outcomes, because this is not a book about breakups, it's never just about the ex, it's recycled pain. And if we do not understand ourselves and our patterns and our subconscious beliefs, we will keep repeating the same story over and over again with different people. And so, you know, this book provides tools of how do you deal with anxiety? How do you deal when you feel withdrawal? And then, you know, when you are, you know, looking at maybe dating again, what are the values that are important? How can you ensure that you don't keep repeating the same mistakes? And then you look at your own coping mechanisms. Are you an overgiver? Are you an overachiever? Well, why is this? What is the root belief that has caused this? And how can you start rewiring those beliefs so that you can have ultimately a healthier relationship with yourself? which will automatically have a ripple effect to the relationships you have with other people. When you talk about recycled pain, can you give me an example of that or or how that manifests itself? Yeah, so I'll, I'll use myself as an example. After my breakup, I, you know, spiraled into depression, and I thought everything was the fault of my ex. I completely vilified him, and, um, you know, now looking back, I recognize that that breakup was really just a band-aid being ripped off. And then I had to deal with all of my heartbreaks that, that I never dealt with. And the one starting with my dad and the relationship I had with my father, which, which was, was tumultuous. And then the breakup that happened after that, that I never processed and distracted myself from feeling the emotions and processing it. And so that's what I mean is we get compound trauma if we don't deal with the pain and the emotions, they don't just magically disappear. Uh, They show up in different ways and they might show up in your next relationship. Is there, is there a timeline to that healing? I understand it's not linear, but I've, I've heard people suggest that five years is kind of a magic number for people who got divorced after being together with someone for quite a while. Yeah, it really depends on the emotional intensity, um, duration. And I've had people who were divorced after a marriage of 20 years and their next relationship, it ended after six months and the six month relationship hurt more than the, the 20 year divorce. So, you know, there isn't one number. I must say though, in what I've seen around six to eight weeks is when that emotional intensity starts to subside. Um, And then, you know, sometimes people, you might have a divorce or a breakup, but you're still in a relationship with the person. Meaning, if you are constantly still vilifying your ex, blaming your ex, psychoanalyzing your ex, even after there's been a breakup or divorce, you're still in a relationship with (laughs) your ex. Yeah, you're still in it. That's true. Yeah, and so the breakup actually hasn't even started. So until you can stop, you know, directing your energy and focus towards your ex and that relationship, you're still in it. Um, And the grieving process isn't starting until you actually stop being in a relationship with them, meaning you start diverting your focus and energy towards your future versus just ruminating about the past. 
is it is common as I think it is that people distract themselves from the pain of breakup by getting into a new relationship perhaps too soon? Yes, and um, on average, uh, I don't want to make sweeping generalizations, I've seen this more happen with men uh, than women. So in what I've seen, um, I've seen men actually go onto a dating app right away or get into a relationship right away. Really? And not actually deal with emotions. Yeah. That's that's surprising to me a little bit, Amy, because I know women who literally don't feel complete unless there's a man in their life. Right. So there's different coping mechanisms. And, and I think because, you know, women are socialized to, to, to feel their emotions, right? Like there's what's called the skin knee syndrome, where, you know, when a little girl scrapes, falls and scrapes her knee, her parents are like, oh my gosh, are you okay? Like, you know, you, you let the little girl cry and it's okay to be sad. But when a little boy skins their knee, uh, walk it off, you know, (laughs) yeah, be strong. Don't cry. That was, that was my dad. My dad's thing was walk (laughs) it off. (laughs) Right. And and so, you know, if you have these messages repeated to you at a very young age over and over again, you can grow up to develop, you know, for men, you might develop this idea that, you know, you have to not, not deal with those emotions or feeling those emotions is, is weak. Um, But, you know, it's actually very healthy to feel your emotions and to go through it. And so when we distract ourselves, whether it's a relationship or partying or alcohol or whatever the vice is, you're just not dealing with it. And your emotions need, need, they need air to breathe. And so if you don't process it now, it's going to catch up to you later on. Now, I read something about your book that said it brings together groundbreaking research in psychology, neuroscience, and anthropology. How do those three things intersect? I believe that healing the heart is, you know, it's a combination of dealing with the heart, mind, body, and the soul. You can't just go at it in a cognitive level. That's why just doing talk therapy in itself is not going to help you move through the breakup. Um, because, you know, we also store trauma in our bodies. And so I think that it's important to understand the science of what's going on because you can feel like you're going crazy after a breakup and that can create a lot of shame. Um, and you might feel you're very alone in your experience. But when you understand, you know, after a breakup, there's actually a chemical reaction. They've done studies that scan the brains of people going through a separation. They saw that the same part of the brain was activated as a drug user feeding for their next fix. So after a separation, you are literally in withdrawal. So no, you're not going crazy. Your body is just in shock and it's craving those chemicals, the dopamine, the oxytocin. And it's like, what the heck? Where is it? That's why you might want to scroll their social media or, you know, look at old photos and reread old emails because <laughs> your body's actually trying to get that hit of dopamine. That's, and I can understand that, the, the blending of psychology and neuroscience, but how does anthropology fit in? Um, I think understanding cultural differences, um, you know, gender differences, all of that is helpful. Understanding the mating drives in the brain, um, all of that is helpful because it gives us the knowledge to understand what we're going through. It gives us an ability to create some space between our emotions and our responses. It gives us some ability to understand that our feelings aren't facts 
And, you know, sometimes they're rooted in how we were raised. There could also be ancestral trauma. Um, so there's all these things, different things to take into account. And there's different ways of healing. And there's no one size fits all. You know, for one person, really going into the cognitive, digging deep into the childhood might be the answer to help that person. But another person, they might need to do more into the subconscious. And deal with, you know, maybe go to hypnotherapy um, or do tapping and do other things to kind of get to the subconscious layer. And so I think it's important to understand what are the tools available and see what works for you so you can create your own toolkit. If you don't mind my asking, Amy, um, you mentioned your own personal experience. And, and essentially, as I understand it, someone you believed you were going to marry um, was unfaithful and that infidelity somehow resulted in your life being turned upside down you ended up jobless homeless and single all at once did was that a, was that all cause and effect or were there multiple things breaking down at the same time yeah it started off with me losing my job and my salary so all these things I used to put my identity on um, just kind of get caught, plucked away. So I lost my job. Then I had my, you know, I, I couldn't afford my apartment anymore. I moved in with my boyfriend. I used a lot of my savings to take us on a trip to Europe for his birthday. And upon coming home, the infidelity happened. And this was all within a span of a couple of months. So Yuck. my entire world and all these things I put my identity on came crashing down. And, you know, I think the greatest lesson for me that I learned was that um, I have now learned to not base my identity on these external things because life happens, a pandemic hits, a breakup happens, you lose your job. And if you put all of your identity in that, you are going to feel like you are broken. The rug has been ripped out from underneath you. So, you know, for me, the question always is, how can I continue cultivating self-love how can i continue feeding my soul and nourishing my spirit so that i'm generating that sense of peace and love and connection from within and that it's not based on things that i cannot ultimately control you know it's interesting you say that because i you know i i find myself i interview a lot of different people and all the people i talk to i identify them you as the chief heart hacker and uh, my guest tomorrow morning uh, early uh, in the show, or I guess when this airs, it'll be earlier this morning, is a White House, former White House staffer. You know, we, we have these identities that become so much a part of us. How do we, how do we find our identity without those missions and interests that, that we get so attached to? Tom, that's such a great question, and it's a journey I'm still going through. I, um, you know, I have been an achiever, an overachiever my whole life, and I always thought that, you know, this no, great, but when not I you, at, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked. Right? But when I looked at what, where this came from, it came from a root belief of I'm not enough. And, you know, I learned at a young age that I could only get love and attention from my dad when I got good grades. And so, right, it helped me in my grades, it helped me in my career, but that's why I based so much of my identity on these external things. And even when I launched this book, I, you know, I was on Good Morning America, and, you know, 
instead of celebrating that, I was like, well, well, why am I not on the Today Show? And like, oh, I don't really <laughs> like my hair there. Oh, they cut out that part. And I, I noticed that, oh, my gosh, before I used to base my identity on my relationships. Now I'm starting to base it on my achievements. And I know that that is a scary road to depression. And so I have reminded myself, I need to do those things that feed my soul. And so I think in my, my you know, chase of creating achievements, um, I have forgotten those things. So I now, you know, make sure every morning I meditate. I, I do these things that cultivate compassion and gratitude and mindfulness um, because otherwise I'm going to just do, repeat the same thing, but just with a different life. See, I find myself um, in, in what I do, hosting this radio show, I get a chance to talk to really interesting people like you all the time, and I really enjoy it. I mean, I love what I do. If I, if I didn't do this show, if all of a sudden, you know, I, I just stopped doing this show, I really don't know what I would do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I, I would, in fact, be completely lost. I would just kind of walk around the room, not, not knowing what to do, <laughs> and, and 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 so that's why I'm I'm so curious about this this idea of having an identity separate from these attachments we make, whether it's relationships or career or achievement. Um, you know how how do we you know, sit in a chair or walk in the woods and and feel like we're fulfilled somehow. Yeah, and Tom, I, I appreciate you bringing yourself up as an example because, you know, if you were to not have a show tomorrow, yes, you are going to grieve it. You're going to go through the stages of grief. Um, and there's going to be a period of time where, like, I don't know who I am. What am I going to do? But ultimately, what you love about the show is connecting with people, learning, you know, growing, and then sharing that information with your listeners. That's what gives you that, you know, that light and that energy. And then you can find your, you know that you have that skill and you can build your next thing and then you can recreate again. And I think the important thing to know is that you have resilience and you are able to get back up and recreate yourself. And maybe this time it's going to look a little bit different. But I think that when something ends, we have to remind ourselves that this isn't the ending of the story. This is the beginning of another chapter. You have a blank canvas. How do you want to paint it? What did you learn from the last one that now you're going to incorporate that knowledge and turn it into wisdom to create your next thing, whether that's a relationship, whether that's a garden patch, whether it's another show? Well, that's 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 what I'm curious about is is this idea of, um, you know, well, my marriage broke up. I guess I need a girlfriend or, you know, I, I lost my radio show. Um, I guess I better get another one. Do you know what I mean? How do, how do I just let go of those losses? Is there a certain time frame you, you suggested with relationships? Uh, you know, it might be six to eight weeks for, you know, it, for me to stop walking around in the living room. <laughs> so I think that when we, we can't let go of the loss, we're in denial of reality. And uh, when we get stuck in the, oh, I should have, I shouldn't have done this, 
that again, it's a thinking trap. It's a, it's a cognitive distortion that prolongs our suffering. And so I think it's important when you find yourself there, um, you know, you can continue going down this spiral um, and that's a disempowering fantasy because you have no control over it. Or you can create an empowering fantasy. So, you know, um, I, I had a friend who, who lost her father during the pandemic. Mm. And she had a lot of regret and shame. And her father was an incredible dancer. And I'd always asked, you know, my friend to dance with her, but she was always too busy. And so in the beginning, she was just stuck in this rumination cycle. Like, I should have done this. I shouldn't have done that. And it wasn't serving her or anyone. And she was kind of in the spiral. And then she decided, you know what? I have to accept that this is what happened. And, you know, I, I am going to now create an empowering fantasy. And so I'm now going to learn how to be an amazing dancer. And I'm going to dance. And I'm going to know that while I'm dancing, maybe my dad is looking down on me and having that dwelt with me. But right now, I'm going to redirect my energy from obsessing over what I should have done, what I shouldn't have done, and ruminating and bathing into the shame into an empowering fantasy. And so now she's learned. She's learned how to hip-hop, how to waltz, how to, you know, do the foxtrot. She is becoming the best dancer she could be. And, you know, this is giving her the light and the energy to move forward. Well, unfortunately, our dance has come to an end here, Amy. I can't believe how fast the time has gone. You're so much fun to talk to, but I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you, what we've been talking about, and your work, past, present, and future. Yeah. Do you have a website? Yeah. Renewbreakupbootcamp.com. My book, Breakup Bootcamp, The Science of Rewind Your Heart, is available on bookstores and Amazon. And you can follow me on social media at Miss Amy Chan. Well, Amy, thanks so much. It was uh, an honor and a privilege to meet you and get a chance to get to know you a little bit. Thanks so much, Tom. Take care. That was Amy Chan. She is the founder of Renew Breakup Bootcamp and the relationship magazine Just My Type. She's often... uh, blogging for the Huffington Post and Vancouver Sun under the handle uh, Chief Heart Hacker. And uh, her new book is called Breakup Boot Camp, The Science of Rewiring Your Heart. And with that, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back with more of the Tom Sumner program right after this. Maybe, but it's a welcome change of face from the 
the Tom Sumner Program.com. Hey, <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now, and now, and now too, and even now. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. If you are sick with COVID-19 or think you might have it, take steps to help protect other people from getting sick. Stay home except to get medical care. Call the doctor before visiting. Separate yourself from others who live with you. Wear a mask to protect others. Cover your coughs and sneezes with a tissue and clean your hands right away. Avoid sharing items with other people in your home. 
This includes things like towels and bedding. Be sure dishes are washed in hot water or the dishwasher before anyone else uses them. Stay aware of how you feel. If you start to have difficulty breathing, or if you're worried about your health, call your doctor. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. Oh, I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Ladies and gentlemen, in Philip Rapp's creation... The Bickerson. This day will go down in history as precedent-shattering. John Bickerson is smiling. Despite the lateness of the hour, the fact that he has had perhaps the hardest day of his life at the office, John Bickerson is smiling. Why? Tell us, John. Two weeks vacation with pay. Wait till I tell Blanche, brother, how I've longed for this. I'll sew myself into the bed sheets and sleep for ten days. John? Hello, Blanche. How is my beautiful wife? What? Would you like me to bring you a glass of milk and a cookie? And here's a little present for you. You look wonderful, honey. Oh, this is awful. What's the matter? This morning I burned my hand on the stove. I ripped my only pair of nylons. My inlay fell out, and now you come home drunk. What are you talking about? I'm not drunk and you know it. Then why are you so nice to me? What's the use? When I come home tired, can't smile, she beefs. When I come home and try to be pleasant, she accuses me. Put out the lights. You're not going to bed with your shoes on. Yes, I am. I work like a horse. I might as well sleep like a horse. Why did you bring me a present? What have you been up to, John? Bring his wife a present. Oh, stop it. A husband doesn't bring his wife a present unless he's done something wrong. I've brought you a million presents and I've never done anything wrong. Never. Not since the day I married you. I wish you'd let me sleep. Sure. Sleep. That's the easiest way out when you've got a guilty conscience. Blanche, I tell you, I haven't got a guilty conscience. Then why did you buy me an expensive present? It isn't an expensive present. It's the crummiest present I could find. I could believe that, all right. What is it? Why don't you open it and see? I bet you've gone and thrown away your money on some stupid thing I can't even use. Oh, you can use it fine. A home beauty outfit. It's got everything, just what you need. Wrinkle cream, freckle remover, hair darkener, false eyelashes, chin reducing strap. What kind of a present do you call this? What are you hinting at? How did I know what was in it? Nobody would use this but a homely woman. Oh, that's not true. All women use it. They do not. Only the homely ones and I wouldn't touch it. The sales girl in the drugstore said she uses it all the time, and she's not half as homely as you are. What? I mean, you're just as pretty. And that's just about what happened. You walked into a drugstore, saw a pretty face, and didn't know what you were buying. I didn't look at her face at all. If you were going to buy me a present, why didn't you buy me something I could use? Why didn't you get me an ounce of taboo? What's that? My favorite perfume. Well, you've got a dresser full of perfume. Taboo, Sabu, Snafu, Sterno. Enough perfume for any woman alive. Look at those bottles. They're all empty, 
And it's all your fault. You left the corks out and it evaporated. I leave the cork out of my bourbon, don't I? Well, what about it? That never evaporates. You never give it a chance. I don't see why I should have to do without because of your nasty habits. What do you think makes a thing dry up, John? Wish I knew. Don't be so funny. Oh, I'm not funny. I'm sleepy. You know I worked at the office 18 hours without a let-up? That's what you said you did. That's what I did. I did it for what I thought was a good reason, but now I'm sorry. Why? Forget it. What is it, John? What happened? (gasps) You lost your job. I didn't lose my job. I got two weeks vacation with pay. It's the first vacation I've had in seven years, and I wanted to enjoy it. But no, you wouldn't stand for that, would you? How can you say that, John? Of course. Of course I want you to enjoy yourself. Where's the money? In my wallet. Two whole weeks pay. Now, do you mind if I rest? You know, John, I haven't had a vacation either. A change of scene will do us both a world of good. If you're so tired, there's only one thing in the world for you to do. He's doing it. Where did he say that money was? Here it is. Two weeks' pay. Blanche, put that money back. Oh, I I thought you were sleeping, dear. What were you doing with that money? What's the matter, Blanche? I'm not doing anything. I'm just counting it to see if they gave you the right amount. It's the right amount. Put it back and go to sleep. You needn't talk like that. I wasn't going to steal it. Who said you were? Just like you to make a crack like that. I didn't make any cracks at all. Go on. Call the police. Have me arrested. Put me in prison. Nobody's putting you in prison. They'll lock me up in solitary confinement. Rats running all over me in my cell. And I stand helpless, shaking, behind iron bars. No way to escape. Blanche. Oh, why don't you send me a hacksaw, John? You're getting hysterical. Well, don't go accusing me of taking your money. It's half mine anyway. It's all yours. All I want is sleep. I don't see why we can't go away on a vacation for a few days. You go. I told you I'm going to do nothing but sleep for the whole two weeks. You'll have to get up sometime. Not even once. How are you going to collect your unemployment insurance? What unemployment insurance? You're going to be out of work for two weeks. You can't collect unemployment insurance if you've got a job. If you're not working, you haven't got a job, have you? That's different. Why? I don't know why. Nobody does it, that's all. Well, what's the good of unemployment insurance if you don't get any money when you're unemployed? Being on vacation is not the same as being unemployed. Don't tell me. What? Clara's husband, Barney, has never had a job his whole life, and he collects his unemployment check every week. He can't collect any checks if he doesn't work. I thought you said they only pay you when you don't work. That's right. But you have to work before you can be out of work so you have a legitimate claim for the money you earned that you don't get. I don't get it. Oh, leave me alone. And I'm telling you now, John, you've got two weeks off and you're going to do one of two things. Do you hear me? I hear you. Either you start collecting your unemployment insurance or else you fill in those two weeks with another job. Another job? This is my vacation. I don't care. It won't hurt you to work those two weeks. And we could use the money. Okay, I'll get another job in the morning. You say it, but you won't do it. Do it now. What? Go on, get up. 
get a job, you loafer. What kind of a job can I get at two o'clock in the morning? What's the matter with being a night watchman? I won't do it. I won't do it. You've got no right to deprive me of my two weeks off. I don't care what happens. I won't get another job. All right, then. Promise you'll take me away on a vacation. There's no way out. I promise. Will you swear? Every minute that we're away. I know where we'll go. Lake Tahoe. I'll only have to buy a few more dresses, and you can wear your dungarees all the time. Okay. Just tell them you came in from fishing, and if it gets cold, I've got just the thing. Let me show you what I picked up on sale yesterday. I don't want to see it. Just look at this, John. Isn't it stunning? What's so stunning about a bath rug? It's a fur cape, silly. Well, where's the fur? Well, that's the way it's supposed to look. It's the very latest style. Sheared beaver. Sheared beaver? It's been clipped. So have I. You have not. This is worth every penny, John. You know I'm a good judge of furs. Oh, sure. The past two years you bought a bald mink and a plucked skunk. Well, what's wrong with them? The mink stinks and the skunk shrunk. Blanche, how much did you pay for this one? Only $94. $94? Oh, Blanche, you didn't. Get that money back, you hear me? Get that money back. Don't get hysterical. As soon as the... Blanche, how could you do this to me? I deny myself everything. I've been sewing heels on your old pocketbooks and wearing them for shoes. I've been eating the padding out of my overcoat shoulders to save on breakfast cereal. I don't even drink my bourbon anymore. I just chew the cork and hit myself on the head with the bottle. I never spend a nickel on myself. You bought a bag of popcorn yesterday. That wasn't popcorn. My teeth fell out from malnutrition. I'm warning you, Blanche. Blanche, you're not going to get away with it. What do you want? Hello, Bickerson. This is Mr. Guernsey. Yes. Uh, oh, hello, Mr. Guernsey. I hate to be calling you at this hour, Bickerson, but something very urgent has come up. What happened? I just received word that our Chicago plant burned down, and we weren't covered. This morning, I filed bankruptcy proceedings, and I'm closing up for good. What? I trust you'll find a new position, and I do wish you good luck. Well, uh, thanks. By the way, Bickerson, would you mind sending back that two-week salary I gave you? I need every penny I can scrape together. Yeah, um, sure, I'll send it. Uh, goodbye. Well, did you hear that, Blanche? No, what was it? My boss, Mr. Guernsey. I lost my job. <gasps> wonderful! Wonderful? What's so wonderful about it? Now you can collect your unemployment insurance. Oh, Blanche. Good night, John. Well, that wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program and the first full week of uh, 2021. I want to say thanks to all my guests on the show. Mark Everson during the first hour talking about all the shenanigans in Washington. Also, uh, Amy Chan, chief heart hacker this last hour. And our our talk about uh, freelancers with Santiago Hamario from uh, Bunny Studio. Interesting conversation, to be sure. Anyway, smoking George tickling the ivories. Let me know it's time to head on down the hall to the living room, but I'll be back Monday with another edition. Good night, everybody. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. 
Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. And thanks for listening.